Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and this is Spearhead Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Brandon Champ Robinson. Yes. Many greats come from Milwaukee, but this man has gone above and beyond. Uh, he's decided to chase his dreams from Milwaukee to L.A., this, uh, this director, editor, and filmmaker just... Uh, keeps pushing the bar higher and higher. Um, for the longest, I've stood back and watched, and uh, I finally said, there ain't no way this show can go without having someone of this magnitude. But um, I'm blessed to say, hey, he's here with us today. So without further ado, how you doing, Brandon? Man, I appreciate that. He gassed it, but I'm going to take it. I love it. He gassed it a little bit, but I'm yeah. going to take that gas. You know what I mean? Premium. Let's go. Yeah. How you been, man? <laughs> I'm all right, man. I appreciate y'all coming out here. Uh, For sure. You know, welcome to California or Palmdale. You've probably been to California. I don't know if you've been all the way up to Palmdale. Well, the last time I came here, um, it was to shoot uh, my editor, which mm -hmm. is family to me, uh, Stephen Van Plu. Okay. And that's who I'm with right now. So, uh, yeah, uh, L.A., I visited for the first time. We went to a Yankee game. We visited the Hollywood sign. Okay, This yeah. is the second time, but. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood, dirty, ain't it? You yeah. Got, they don't show you that on TV. They don't show you yeah, that. Yeah, you bust a left on Hollywood in the wrong spot. Like, oh, you gosh. You know, it was. A disease. It, it was a. It was, <laughs> She <laughs> bust the wrong way. <laughs> it was a culture shock. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I had it before I even came up here. Like, this is gonna be, oh man, I'm going to California. I'm going to I'm going to the city of angels. And mm -hmm. and I got here and it was just like, wow. But I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, California mm -hmm. is beautiful. It, For sure. Obviously, there's like anywhere else, there's places you gotta be careful of. Definitely. But it's just funny just growing up and seeing Hollywood and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, let's go to the Walk of Fame, let's see the stars and you get there and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I gotta <laughs> wait, I gotta be careful around. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, it's cool though. Yeah. It is beautiful. I mean, I like the I love the city, you know, mm -hmm. seeing the mountains all around. It's just a different it's a different visual, it's you know, vibe, sure. especially where we come from, you know, mm -hmm. Milwaukee is city, you yeah. know. Uh, so being out here, definitely um it's different. Mm -hmm. I love it. I mean, the, the the weather is great. It's bad right now. A little bad well, right, a little now, right now. right now, but uh, yeah, for the most part, you get one or two days like this a year. Yeah, man. Straight. Well, hey, man. Um, yeah. You, you ready to jump in? Let's do it, man. All right. Let's do it. So where were you born? I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was born on at a... A hospital that's no longer there. I can't remember the name of it, but it was right on Capitol. It was like Northwest okay. General or something. But mm -hmm. Yeah, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Born and raised, lived there my entire life until I decided to move to California. And the day I moved to California was the first day I ever been in California. So we gonna get to that part, yeah, yeah. but we gonna focus on <laughs> the right, early time early. of Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how was your childhood? Childhood, um, just the same. I mean. You get this story from everybody in mm -hmm. Milwaukee. You know what I mean. We didn't, we didn't have a, a lot of money. I mean, we were we were broke, but we weren't poor. Put it yeah. that way. You know what I mean. Like I'm there with you. There was some times where it was some struggle. Um, but you know, my mom she had some struggles as a single parent with uh, mm -hmm. uh, four kids. You know what I mean. And we all had some struggles, but uh, you know, I would figure it out. Uh, I had to grow up really fast and figure out ways to help my mom. Uh, kind of ease the burden of certain costs, right? Yeah. So 
when I was about, let's say, 12. Uh, I think my mom took me to a barber shop, and the barber, actually probably was earlier than that, I might have been like 10, but the barber took me to the side because I had two younger brothers, and he was like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to cut hair mm-hmm. because I don't want your mom bringing all three of y'all to get a haircut. It'll help her if she can just bring you. Yeah. So he taught me a little bit wow. how to cut hair. So I ended up going to Walgreens and grabbing a pair of clippers. And when I say grabbing a pair of clippers, literally grabbing, I did not pay for these clippers. I'll, yeah. One day I'll go back. Hey, <laughs> I went and got these clippers and uh, I started practicing on my little brothers. So that cut a cost for my mom, right? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And and just like even things like food, you know, we if we didn't have something to eat, like, Listen, I, you got to do what you got to do for your family. Yeah, I can go get it. Like, yeah. you know, and it was just one of those things. Like, I can go into the store. I know how to get in to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I can get out with a pack of chicken real yeah. quick. But it was just one of those things. Like, we never really discussed it. But I would just be like, "Yo, moms, we got some chicken." Yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she knew what she was happening. But yeah. like in my head, it's just like, yo, we got to do what we got to do. Well, it's like, yeah, I, I grew up the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Didn't have much low-income housing, but we weren't poor. You know, mm-hmm. we had each other. Yeah. Um, and, and and really, it's, it's, it's the type of things that I did around the time that took the attention off. Mm-hmm. So what type of hobbies were you into? Um, I was, when I was young, I used to draw a lot. Draw? So like that was my escape. Like I would just draw anything that came to my mind. And uh, at what age did you realize you were creative? Uh, very young, very young age. I realized I was creative because I used to always be the one uh, entertaining the family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like I'm always class clown. I'm always jumping around doing something, telling the jokes, trying to make everybody laugh. So that was my uh, kind of creative outlet. Yeah. And then just younger, just kind of picking up a pen and just start pencil and started sketching and it just got better and better. I look at comic books and start drawing the people out mm-hmm. of the comic books. I remember in middle school, I won um, the yearbook contest as I drew like a Dragon Ball Z, I drew Goku. Nice. And it was for the yearbook cover and it was like super detailed, super dope. And I won that, but then they couldn't use it because of copyright. So they had to. Seriously? Yeah. They were like, oh, but it's a copyright uh, oh character. So gosh. Um, I couldn't use it. But it was dope to have one that, you know, yeah. what I mean? um, you, you know, the acknowledgement was there, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I wish it would have got printed. But. <laughs> but yeah, so that was just kind of me being creative and as, at a young age, just wanting to make everybody laugh and, be, yeah. you know, have fun with everybody. Who were some mentors for you that really impacted your life growing up? Growing up? Um, let me see. I mean, I had a, a few mentors, I would say. If, as far as when it comes to entertainment, mm-hmm. I remember being in middle school and there used to be this um, music shop called Mars Music yeah. on Brown Deer. And I would go in there and I would just play on the beat machines, play on the beat machines. I would uh, play on the keyboards and I would make just whatever I could in there. I couldn't buy it. And uh, they had better security, so I couldn't steal it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> So I would just go in there and I would just make it. I would just play all day. And uh, one day, uh, my big homie, uh, Christopher Godzilla Taylor, he probably heard I know know who he is, yeah. yeah. So I met him and he heard what I was doing. And he was like, yo, what you doing over here? And he came over and listened. We kind of jammed on the stuff. And, uh, you know, he's like, man, come to the studio. I'll, I'll show you some stuff. 
because he always had a studio. Um, so that's how we linked. And I went to the studio and we started, I was doing some music with some homies of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we started using the studio and making songs. And then I just would just be there. Like I would just show up, like I would just pop up and yeah. be like, yo, you got a session today? I'm like, nah, I was just wanting enough. I could just chill yeah. look. And he was just like, yeah, come on. So that grew our relationship. He started showing me stuff, mm-hmm. but even though he was kind of just teaching me and maybe it was like a mentorship yeah. at that point, it grew to be family. Like we've been mm-hmm. rocking, you know, nonstop. Like you would hear Godzilla, you would hear Champ, you hear Champ, you hear Godzilla. Like we were sure. everywhere together. And uh, so that was one of my biggest mentors as far as getting into anything entertainment wise. You know, it yeah. wasn't the film stuff, but just the entertainment portion mm-hmm. of it. My man, Godzilla. Man. Yeah. Well, what's your, you know, film is the direction you, you decided to take. Yeah. What, what's your educational background with that? With film? Yeah. Um. So in middle school, I went to a school called Audubon. And my they, daughter goes to. Yeah. My right oldest, now? Yeah. Audubon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to Audubon, and I don't know if they still do it, but they used to have Ingle Wing Productions. I, I, I wouldn't. I'll ask. Yeah. I definitely when I get back. Yeah. It, but they used to have Ingle Wing Productions, and we would do the announcements and we would do different commercials for the school and stuff yeah. like that so it was kind of learning how to be in it was kind of set up like a newsroom had the green screen mm-hmm. and you know the switchboards and you could sure. do all that kind of stuff so that was the start of it and then from there kind of by luck of the draw i was supposed to you know i don't know if they still do this but you used to have to try to Put you have to put down on a paper three schools. That three you schools. To go I just to. did it for my youngest. Yeah, so you had to do three schools. <laughs> yeah, and then out of those three schools, they pick. So I took my paper home, and my mom had to do my three schools, but she was so busy just doing stuff and working that she never actually got to do it, and I never turned it in. Yeah. So at that point, if you don't do it, you just get placed in the high Wherever, school. Like yep. they're just like, all right, mm-hmm. you're gonna go here. So I ended up getting placed in Marshall, okay. John Marshall High School. Yep. I think it's called Milwaukee Marshall now, but John Marshall High School, mm-hmm. um, which turned out like I didn't want to go there, but it turned out to be a blessing, right? Um, you know, nobody wanted to go to Marshall. It wasn't known for anything, but everybody that went to Marshall at that point yeah. loves that they went to Marshall. Like, it's a, a really tight group, my graduating class, and people who were there at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we all kind of keep in touch in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But I ended up going there, and they just so happened to have a uh, you know a TV program, yeah. a video program. Mm-hmm. And when I walked by my freshman year, I was looking at it, and I actually I followed a girl into the classroom. I didn't know that. They yeah. were in the classroom. <laughs> so I followed her. Chase and tail. No, yeah, definitely <laughs> bogus. Chase and tail. Followed her into the classroom. Got into the classroom and was like, "What is?" This, yeah. So, to like, be honest with you, I, I and I don't, I don't put no blame on my mom because my mom didn't know of this. But mm-hmm. um, I went to South Milwaukee, okay. And you know, now that I realize that they do have these particular schools that focuses on trades and mm-hmm. certain type of career paths, man. Had I known, man, yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things. I wish. I wish I would it would have crossed my path. Not that I'm not doing good with it, but like no, you're doing great. Man, man. it would have it would have it would have really inspired it, it early helps, on. right? Like, yeah. I didn't know and you know, by the grace of God, I was pushed in that path. Yep. You know, I I don't know why he wanted me to follow this girl. It yeah. is not my <laughs> wife. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Definitely. But this is who I was just supposed to follow at that point to find that yeah. room, right? Mm-hmm. And that room, that program, uh, immediately went to my counselor. I was like, yo, I need to be in this program. How can I get in this program? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, that is a, that's a junior program. So it's like an upper, like you can only get yeah, in that program. Upperclassmen, yeah. So I was like, man, that just sounds stupid. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, there's for sure. no reason, like I should have to wait for that elective or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just kind of badgered her like throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she let me get in there my sophomore year. Wow. She did. She let okay. me get in there my sophomore year. So definitely uh, thankful for she her. She saw the that. fire. Yeah, she man. Saw I the mean, fire I probably, that, probably yeah. wasn't nobody yeah. else trying to fight to get in that class. Yeah, for like, sure. I probably was like the only one, maybe mm-hmm. another person. But she saw that it, I was passionate about it and I wanted to be in there. So um, that from there, I met Miss Miss uh, Sattler. Uh, mm-hmm. She was great. And then I met Miss Sappho. She took over that class. And it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah, I was making... Started making mixtapes for the basketball team and people playing. So, like, and one was hot at that oh, point. Oh, and one. Skip to me, Lou. Yeah, yeah. And one was hot. So, I was <laughs> taking cameras yeah. to go to open gym. They know I was coming, like, oh, yeah, champ, come with the camera. Da, 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 da. So, yeah. I shoot them and then I go and back up to the editing room and splice yeah. it all together. And then I was like, I used to have this room, this closet full of millions of tapes, millions yep. of tapes. Again, here go my stealing, but <laughs> taking the tapes. Making the tapes, dubbing them, and I'm selling them in the yep. hallway for like ten dollars. The grind people. is real, the bro. The grind is real, but like again, yeah. that was me finding a way yep. to take some money back home and to do some other things. For you sure, know what I mean. But you know, what um, when did you realize that this was a career path you wanted to take? Like where you knew, like this um, is this is meant for me. I probably I would say that I took. I was I was always doing it, but I was still in a different um, place. So like after high school, I didn't go like directly to college or anything. So yeah. I was uh, I was cutting hair. I ended up becoming a barber, so I would cut hair. I worked at fast food places. I worked mm-hmm. at call centers and things like that. And then I was just doing music in the background and you know making videos with the music. So I really thought that I was going to be like a producer. Or a rapper or whatever. So that's what like what I was focusing on. Yeah. And then just the, the camera just kept calling me like, just go shoot something, go shoot something, go shoot something. Finally started shooting it. And then it just felt like I'm like, all right, I'm moving this way. I'm really wanting to shoot more than I'm wanting to go in mm-hmm. rap or write a rap or make beats. I'm really wanting to pick up this camera more. So I started picking up the camera more and started doing music videos for people you know, 150 bucks, 300 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. I would do music videos. And in those music videos, it started off as just like performance, but then that just wasn't doing it for me because I'm looking on, you know, looking at what's out there and I'm like, nah, man, this is something else, something else. Um, so I started adding storylines to it. Yeah. And once I started adding the storylines to my music videos, mm-hmm. that's when they really went to the next level in the city and people knew, people wanted to come to me for music videos because I was mm-hmm. adding an acting element to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, people want to act. They Everybody think they can act. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you can act like yourself. Just all yeah. you got to do, be yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would add an acting element to the music videos and people were, were just eating that up. Yeah. So that's when I kind of figured like, all right, I got something with this. Mm-hmm. And um, I did decide at that point, maybe that was like 2008, I want to say. Yeah. And we moved. I moved my family to Madison, Wisconsin, and I went to this program 
this institute there called Madison, Madison Media Institute. Yep. That's where you met Godzilla? No, no, no. I met him way before that. You met him way before, we but he ended up... Oh, you went together. We went together. Gotcha. So we both kind of decided at the same time, we was like, yo, we want to take this to the next level. He was like, I'm going to go to Madison Media Institute. I was like, I'm going to go to Madison Media Institute. So he went for the audio program, yep. and I went for the film program. Yeah. And that's just kind of like where we didn't grow apart at all, mm-hmm. but we took our two skill sets and... A different direction. Yeah. yeah. And then we just kind of yeah. figured it out and we grew mm-hmm. in those two different skill sets. And the crazy thing is now that I went this way to do this and he went that way to do mm-hmm. that. Now it's like every project we're back together because it's a marriage, right? Audio yep. and video is all a marriage. Oh, for sure. So anytime I have a project that needs the audio work, Send it I, over. I'm sending it yeah. over. Whenever he needs video, he's sending it in my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that bartering, man. Yeah, man. And it's not even that anymore. It's yeah. not even, I mean, we know that we can it's do collected. that. It's collected, yeah. We know that we can do that, but at this point now in my career and, and when I'm taking my company, this is my sound guy. So when I am billing people or putting together proposals, I'm putting his full rate sure. in there. Like, Oh, wow. Like, no, he... That's beautiful. You're growing like, together. He, I need to do sound, and he needs five thousand, seven thousand dollars to do. You sound, sound like me and my family behind you know the camera I mean? right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's exactly what mm-hmm. we're doing. You know, he comes to Milwaukee. We got a setup. Mm-hmm. Come to LA. I got a, or he got a setup, and yeah. it's just, you know, it's it's someone who has the same vision as you, mm-hmm. and someone that wants to see you succeed as much as you want to see them succeed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? And you got to grow together. And that's yeah. like the one person I can say, like we really kind of grew our business together. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And whenever we can throw money each other's way, we can throw money each other's way. Like if I do a project sure. and I know it's a passion, passion project and it's something that I'm doing, I didn't really have any money behind it. Mm-hmm. I can send it to him. He'll be like, yeah, I'll do the sound. Don't worry about it. And yeah. you know, vice versa. If he has something he wants to do, I'm like, yeah, I'll shoot it. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Well, you went to Madison, and then mm-hmm. and then you moved to L.A. Before you moved to L.A., mm-hmm. something very yeah, big so, in your life happened. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, so I graduated with an associate's degree in 2010. Um, between there, also, you know. I met my wife in high school. Like, yep. It wasn't the girl I followed. So she came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she came later. She came my senior year. Please she don't smack him up after yeah, this interview. Nah, she knows this. It's so funny because yeah. they they used to get into it. The girl. Oh, I really? Got yeah, oh, you. That's. Uh, I hope that don't. Go nowhere, but <laughs> <laughs> it used to be funny, but you know that's years yeah. and years ago now. Mm-hmm. But uh, she came my she came her junior year was my senior year, and yeah. I met her um, there, and we've been together ever since. But um, so yeah, we moved to. Madison. I finished school and, you know, I was doing, I was still, I still had a studio where I was doing both things out of now. I was doing music and video out of, Yeah. you know, again, that just that hustle. I would get that side money selling studio time for $25, $50 an hour. And then also, okay, we made this song, you know, hype them up. This song dope, let's shoot a video. Yeah. You got to pay me to shoot the video at the same time. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, So everything's going good and, you know, no problems, but I had a like a mass kind of growing on the top of my scalp. Yes, and I didn't know what it was first. I thought it was just like a vein. Like I was like, ah, it's just a vein. I got a vein right here. I can feel mm-hmm. it. It's weird, but I'm like, it's life. It's a vein. It was pulsing, yeah. right? Um, but over time, it just started to get bigger. And uh, I think I was I was at the controls mixing something one day, and one of my guys, 
he was like, damn, what's going on with your head? Like, I, I can't see it. It was like right here. Yeah. So he like, was like, oh, what's, you got this knot right here. How does that happen? And I was like, girl, I don't know. It's just a vein. And he said, no, that's bigger than a vein. You know, so yeah. my wife was looking at it. She was like, yeah, that's weird. Um, so I ended up going to get it checked out. And it was, uh, it's called an AVM, arteriovenous malformation. Yeah. And it was basically like the blood vessels were pumping too much blood to the capillaries. Mm -hmm. And the, the, if I'm explaining this right, the capillaries, they don't, they, they try to keep up. So in order to try to keep up, they grow. Yeah. But at some point they can rupture and it'll mm -hmm. cause you an aneurysm yeah. or whatever. So I ended up having to go and get that taken care of. Um, got to UWM. Um, and they checked it out the first time somebody checked it out. It was like, oh, it's just cosmetic and da 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 da. And my wife was like, nah. I always get that go. second opinion, second man. Opinion. Yeah. And um, Dr. Ahmed, I met with him the second he looked at it. He was like, yeah, this is something else. Um, so they did the CT scan, the CAT scan, whatever it's called. And they found it. And he was like, all right, yeah, we got to take care of this. We're going to have to, uh, you know, set you. Yeah appointment to do a neurosurgery so uh, I was like dang I don't really understand this started looking it up didn't really know what was going on scared out of my mind ne again, of course never broke a bone in my life never mm -hmm. had to have a major surgery never had to have anything major medically mm -hmm. happen to me so this was like crazy I'm, I don't know what's going on and I'm like all right so we set the date we go to do it you know my mom friends uh, grandma, they all came up. Um, and we're all in the in the lot in the 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 waiting room, or For sure. you know, I'm in the bed, and they're all around. You know, we pray, we laugh, we joke, uh, and it's supposed to be like a two hour um, procedure. So we get ready to go. The lady with the anesthesia comes in, and she is me with the anesthesia again. Never had anesthesia before. Mm -hmm. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, feel it immediately. <laughs> I, in my head, I was hilarious. I was cracking so many jokes in my yep. head from what they told me. I said one joke and I was out. So I put on a whole stand up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were like, nah, you said like one thing, we laughed and he <laughs> was gone. Yep. So it was supposed to be a two hour procedure. Immediately was out, took me back. And what felt like a blink of an eye, it was like out, up. And when I woke up, I was laying on the the table, and it was uh, it was a bright white light. I'm in the bed, um, the bright light above me, and I'm like, "Damn, I didn't make it!" Like that was yeah. the first thing that went in my head. I said, "Damn, I didn't make it," and I didn't know what to do, so I'm just like laying there, and then just like maybe a couple, like thirty seconds, 10, 10 seconds later, I felt my arm like start tingling, and I probably was laying on it weird, but it was like mm -hmm. waking up. Like it was like your arm went to sleep. It was like hard tingling. Like it was like, like it was yeah. fire. So I look over at my arm and then that's when I seen people. And I was like, oh man, I made it. I'm still here. This was easy. It was good. I come out. I mean, I had no idea. It was eight hours later. Holy. So I completely have no idea what happened. I yeah. lost everything. Like they they went in, they did their surgery. Like it was a 
surgery where they had to go through my groin all the way up to my head with the camera and the machine and like cauterize all these blood vessels that were mm-hmm. that were doing it. And I uh, come out it's eight hours later and I'm like, oh my God, like how did I lose? I, I don't know what happened. Yep. Um, so I'm very, wake up, I'm very dizzy. I can't really do anything. Um, you know, I'm trying to eat. They try to get me to start eating. I'm throwing it up and I'm just in ICU for like two days because yeah. I got to monitor me and make sure I go to the bathroom and, you know, had a catheter. Like it was the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? But I was happy that I felt like I had a second chance yeah. to do what I needed to do. And the whole time laying in that bed, I'm just thinking like, man, if I had have gone right now, I don't know what I would have had to leave my family. Yeah. I don't know what they would have done. I didn't do anything that I feel like I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just, that weighed on me heavy. You know what I mean? Just laying in there. Like, I don't, I don't think I went into like any depression or anything, mm-hmm. but I think it hit me as a moment of like, you have to do something. Yep. Like I, I was, I was down about it that I wasn't doing anything, but it also lit a fire to do something. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Um, so there, and you know, I had recovery. I had to take like steroids so my brain wouldn't swell. And I would have like my grandma coming up and taking care of me and when my, when my wife couldn't. And uh, I just remember I had to take a bunch of steroids and then like every two days, a little bit less, every two days, a yeah. little bit less, a little bit less to wean me off of it. For sure. And I was having real life Roy rage. So I remember <laughs> like everything irritating me. But I yeah. know in my head, I know that everybody is trying to help me. For sure. But everything is irritating me. So I would just be very quiet. Yeah. And I would just lay down and I would just be like super quiet. Couldn't, wouldn't talk to anybody. And they'd be like, you okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And they didn't know what was going on. But I knew that I was angry for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? I oh, told definitely. them after it was over, like mm-hmm. what was happening. But I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of how I handle almost any time I get angry. I just, like, get real quiet and try to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, at that point, I was down for, like, 30 days just trying to recover. Do you feel that's what influenced you to move to L.A.? That's exactly what influenced me to move to LA. Okay. Because I, during that 30 days, I was down. I just thought about a lot yeah. of stuff. I, I wrote a lot of things, mm-hmm. like... I started the idea of Harley during that time of doing Harley. Okay. I started the idea of doing um, another feature that I have called Ghost Control Unit. I started that idea all during that time. Yeah. And um, I made the plan, you know, it was like 2012, made the plan that over the next year Mm -hmm. I was going to do what I had to do to get to California. Um, Yeah. So we just took that year, we saved, we downsized a bunch of stuff, we sold a bunch of things. And, uh, you know, when the time came, my wife, she came out here first and she found a job um, because I knew I wasn't going to look for a job. So, you know, I thank God every day for her because she, we had some saved up, but until I could figure it out, Mm -hmm. she was holding it down. You know what I mean? Um, And especially with two kids and two dogs, you know, we did everything you know so we packed everything into a pot um we had some like flight points because we went to vegas one time and you know they bump you like oh you don't want to yeah can you wait for the next (laughs) flight it's like oh we ain't doing that so we got extra flight credits so we didn't drive to california that was my biggest thing i never wanted to drive to california and i did it twice i went to get 
this goofball yeah. in the background went to pick her up. <laughs> and I had to take my son to go to school to Detroit, in Detroit, yeah. and then drove him back. So oh, wow. Never wanted to do that and done it too many times. But we all flew. Yeah. And we put our stuff in the pod, and they drove the pod. We shipped the cars and everything. Mm-hmm. And we started our life here in Van Nuys, California. Nice. Well, yeah. Um, well, now you're in L.A. Mm-hmm. How long after that was Imagination upgraded? So Imagination upgraded, it was actually created right before I left because I did Harley Quinn okay. in Milwaukee. I was gotcha. living in Madison, but I did it in Milwaukee at that point. So it was created like a little bit before I left, and it was put on paper in 2014, which is like mm-hmm. like June or July. My 10 years on paper is coming up. That's when yeah. I created the LLC. But it was actually created as a YouTube channel yeah. um, before that, like the, the time where I was trying to build my way to get to California. And it was created out of, one, I wanted to have something to show that yeah. was dope when mm-hmm. I got to California. For sure. And two, I just loved the character Harley Quinn. And in my head, I knew that in my head, I felt like the DC characters, the heroes are good, but it's always been like the villains that had like the they best make story. It. Yeah. yeah, they got the best story. So I felt like, all right. I want to get my YouTube channel up. I want to get some eyes on me. What can I do? I didn't want to just jump out and try to do something that nobody knew. So I kind of did like the bait and switch. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this character. I'm going to take the likeness and people are going to see it. They're going to know the name. They're going to know the face. I'm going to put a spin on it. And then I'm going to tell a story that I want to tell through this character. Yep. Right. And through these characters, because I used a bunch of them. Um, So I just took that and put it out, put it together. I put it out as a trailer at first. Yeah. Um, and the trailer actually had a different person mm-hmm. playing Harley Quinn. And then, uh, you know, that person fell through. We didn't do the full, obviously didn't do the full thing with her. Yeah. But I found uh, who actually played Harley Quinn, Courtney. And it was cool that I found her because she knew a little bit of uh, Taekwondo. That's, yeah. That's the one with the kicks, right? Taekwondo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she could, like, kick and flip and do all this kind of <laughs> stuff so i was like man all these acrobatic stuff she can do um so yeah that's how that that came to be so that was the birth of imagination upgraded with the youtube channel nice. and then it grew from there to what it is today how would you um describe your filming's filming style with the the type of um, uh, content you've created man it's always so funny when people ask me that like mm-hmm. when i was growing up uh, when I was starting this, not growing up, when I was starting this and I was building or finding my style, people would be like, man, you got a style. Like, I, I just like it. And I I didn't even know what it was. Like, I couldn't yeah. put my finger on it. I just knew what I liked to see. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was one of the first people that I knew that was messing around with actually learning how to color grade, mm-hmm. like picking up, um, you know, Da Vinci and, 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 uh, Apple color back in the day yeah, and learning how to actually use it and use masks. Like people weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. So when they see my stuff, they're like, man, it's like a certain kind of pop to it. Like it's different. Yeah. Um, and I know it was trash. Now I look at it like it wasn't, <laughs> but it was something yeah. that you, you didn't see in the moment from, yeah, yeah. In the moment you didn't see that. And I was trying something different. Mm-hmm. So it made it look different than everyone else. So now I think my style now is, I like 
um, the moody look of things. I like to be contrasty. Um, but I think my style is more leaning more into directing. I find just pulling out as much emotion as I can from my actors. Yeah. And then what can I do to enhance that? Like, what can I do to upgrade that? Right. Like that's what imagination upgrade is built on. So I love to find ways to use, you know, be off speed and use different Mm -hmm. frame rates and things like that for certain things. You know, I I love to find probably every short you'll ever see me ever seen me do or everything I've done has had some form of slow motion. And like, I love just slow motion and that surrealism. So I still can't really put my finger on what to call my style, mm-hmm. but when you see something in mind, like you know it. You know, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. feeling. Like people can feel for sure something that I'm doing. Like you can tell it was something that I did, which is I think is something that you need. Yeah. Like it's even if I can't call it out, people can see it and they know that. Oh, I like that. I see what mm-hmm. you're doing. You know what I mean? So when people ask me, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So now you, you know, you, you have imag- imagination upgraded mm-hmm. um, with a lot of filming. Mm-hmm. At, what's your approach to the creative process with actors, actresses and, and crew members? I, I mean, you have a, you have a yeah. pretty big job in this operation. I do. I do. Um, it's funny because I'm just now, even though like I started, imagination upgraded i don't i don't think i ever really looked at myself as like a founder so now i'm really realizing that oh i am a a founder Mm -hmm. of this company and i have to like start to move that way in building it right yep i always say like over like last year i kind of realized i was doing my business but what i was doing is i was just a person working that just so happened to have an LLC that I was yeah. running into. Like I wasn't actually building Imagination Upgrade. I didn't give it a direction. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it a, a purpose, right? It was just something for me to say is my company, you know, like for sounding sure. cool. I didn't give it a purpose. So this year I decided to give it a purpose. It started last year, but like I know like the exact purpose that I'm going toward, right? Yeah. So like I'm, 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 building something with this in mind now so when it comes to the creative and crew and things like that i'm heavy on uh people of color i'm heavy on on women uh, you know of color um and just women in general like i grew up i didn't have my pops in my life like he was around Mm -hmm. sometimes but he wasn't wasn't there and he had his own things that he was going through uh you know but that's another story, but I had my mom, my auntie, and my grandmother. Like that was my triangle. Yeah, like, my grandmother had two kids, my mom and my auntie, and like that was my triangle. Like we was there all the time, and I would always. That's how I know how to cook. That's how I know yeah. how to do. You know how to, how to treat a woman. Like everything. Like they taught me everything. And then I had my grandfather also. Uh, my grandfather was uh, married to my grandmother Chris, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just having being able to see that family structure is kind of mm-hmm. how I grew. But when it comes to just like the women, I always knew that women, especially black women, they always are going to tell you if it's trash. Or yeah. <laughs> Love how you said that. They was like, no, nah, that ain't it. Yeah. Like they will tell you it's not it, but it, it is never in a malicious way. Yeah. 
it's in a very constructive way. Yeah. Like they're gonna tell you like that ain't it because your boys would be like, yeah, that's dope, that's this, that, uh, and oh yeah, that's what you should do, and blah 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 blah, and you end up with all these yes men around mm -hmm. you and people just trying to either I don't know ride your coattails or just like whatever. Yeah, just, they, they sure. don't know what to say. But yeah, black women they don't care. They can be like, no, nah, that's trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. that's always been in my my head, especially like with my wife. Like she is my biggest supporter. She's gonna always like push me to do everything, but she will immediately tell me like if it's wrong and it's not yep. cool. Like this person ain't that, or that person won't do this, or you shouldn't do it. Do that thing. I don't mm -hmm. think that's a good idea. And um, you know, and it's always a conversation like a why shouldn't I do it? Or this is what I feel or this. And sometimes it, she's like, Oh, okay, I get it. Or yeah. sometimes it's like, no, nah, I still don't get it. Um, so I kind of took that into when I'm crewing up, right? Like you get people of color, you get women and the women are always going to make sure it's yeah. right. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to make sure that everything is on point. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my approach to it. Um, and as far as just the creative we just, we figure it out. Like I take, if I'm working with a client, I take into consideration what they want to do, what voice they're trying to portray. Like if it's a brand, learn that brand voice. And uh, and then in my head, it's always like, okay, what's the next level? Like upgrade it. Like what do I, what can I do? Like how can I put my creative into it? Like you're, you're coming to me for a reason. Like yeah. I'm not an employee of yours. You know, you may hire me, but I'm not an employee of yours. I'm a mm -hmm. partner in this, right? Yep. So you want my expertise in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. So how can I add to your brand to push that? And that's just kind of how my creative process goes. I love the that. way you put that, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a vision in sight. They come to you, mm -hmm. and your job is to project that yeah. into the world and Get it spot on. Mm -hmm. um, what were barriers that were? What were barriers you faced uh, with this 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 path once you you started uh, imagination upgraded? Um, well, you know, there's always the the barrier. You know, the skin color comes with you. You get that for sure. But I think. With that, it's always, I feel like I'm always trying to, always have to prove, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no matter what you see, if you come to me and you see this and you see that, like, oh, it's dope, but it's always like, but, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, I'm always having to prove more and yeah. show more of what I can do and, like, go even further above and beyond than I already do. Yeah. Just because, you know, people are like, eh. You I feel like you're, you're you're starting to step back before the race even starts. Exactly. I mean, as a minority, mm -hmm. I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah. I'm 100. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, growing up in in a suburb that's predominantly, you know, what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. You feel out of place, mm -hmm. and and through that, you know, you you every workforce that I've entered, mm -hmm. I've felt the same way as you. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You're going to have to work two times as hard mm -hmm. to create not only a name, but mm -hmm. uh, a certain way you want people to respect you. Exactly. So, yeah, I definitely, I can So, I can yeah, to I that. mean, you, you get it, you know, being, being Puerto Rican. And it's, so that's a tough, that's a barrier, right? Yep. It's something that you have to get through. It's something that I've dealt with forever. 
and it's something that I'll probably deal with forever, but I have to figure out how to push past that, right? Yeah. Okay, I can have some frustrating moments. You know, some people maybe landed some uh, contracts or a job over me, and I can go look at it and be like, yo, what? No, nah, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe they did that. Um, another barrier that I found is if you had a big problem with undervaluing myself and undervaluing what I can contribute, and I would price it undervalued, right? And then you get these low balls and you get stuck into like yeah. people want to low ball you, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. And then the moment you try to go up and then they're like, ah, but you know, you were doing it, da, 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 da. they don't care that I'm putting in overnights and yep. doing the job of four people in order to do this for this, this rate, right? And I had a guy hit me up. He liked my stuff. And he wanted me to put something together for him. And this was my eye opener. I told him, I told him how much it would cost. Mm -hmm. And he came back to me and he said, do you know what I asked you for? And I said, yeah, yeah, I can do this. You asked me for this, this and that. Da, 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 da. He was like, well, that rate is too low. And I don't think that you would do a good job because of what you're charging. Like he just told me, he was like, yeah, that threw him off mm -hmm. because to his ears, it didn't sound right. He's like, no, that's, that's not what that costs. Like this guy can't be good at what he's doing. Yeah. You know, even though he saw what I can do, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like, that was like an eye opener. I said, I lost the job because I didn't charge enough. Wow. And I charged less because I was trying to get the job. Right. Yeah. So it like clicked in my head, like, oh, I'm, that's where yeah. I'm. At, that's where I'm messing up. I get it now. Well, you you, you know, I guess it, it, as any entrepreneur when they first start out, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Gets a, get a client that actually wants to work with you, mm -hmm. and through that we overlook. You do. We overlook our talents. Mm -hmm. We overlook what we're capable mm -hmm. of. And it, it's basically our bar at the, the beginning is trying to be humble and have a lot be, of humi yep. humility, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but even through this journey with me, mm -hmm. you know, um, people don't realize, like, in the beginning, someone, um, I was being introduced to somebody, and uh, the way I was introduced was, oh, this is Xavier. He, he does a small podcast. Yeah, no. And it's one of those things. Don't hit me that, with, oh, that's your yeah, little podcast. Yeah, no, don't hit me with that like, little nah. podcast. You know what I, mean? I was like, and you know what I mean? I've always used that as a, as a, something mm -hmm. to just the drive and yeah. the fire of why I'm doing this. But as I, as I've evolved over the year, people don't realize it's like now people want to work with me. Right. Okay. Exactly. Well, you want, you want me to do this type of production for you because mm -hmm. you see the quality. Well, you're going to have to come out of pocket. And yeah. it's not to say, hey, you can't afford me. It's mm -hmm. just to say, you know what I mean? As I evolve in this, you do, the thing you don't see mm -hmm. is how much I've invested. Exactly. That's Yeah. And I mean, you look around like, I mean, okay, you got some behind the scenes cameras here, right? Mm -hmm. So like if we did a graphic overlay mm -hmm. of just 
the cost of items in this room right yeah. now, right? You yep. know what I mean? Not to mention the cost of time, education, mm -hmm. bumping your head, uh, just emotional stress, you yep. know what I'm saying? Time away from your kids, time away from your family. You know, like there's times like I had to figure out a balance like with my wife. Like I know my wife likes to have dinner at the table with the family. Yep. Like that's it. If I can do that, yeah. I'm straight. You're straight. Like I can get away. I can, yeah. I can dip off. But it's like those little things that you mm -hmm. have to learn. Like it went through a lot of like just bumping my head. Like, oh, you see, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to do mm -hmm. this. And you see this, but da, 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 da. and then realizing like these little things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's also when I learned the power of like no, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. When that guy told me that. For sure. Like it's just like, all right, well. Now I have to give rates, and if they say, ah, can you come down, then it's like, no. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's a complete sentence. No. Yeah, for sure. I'm, well, I'm happy you <laughs> see your worth now. Yeah, it, man. It was it was tough. Like, even when you say people saying, like, a small mm -hmm. podcast, yeah. you know, somebody, uh, and these are people who I just come across, like, mm -hmm. they told me, like, even with the Harley Quinn, like, saying it was, yeah, I do a web series. No, you do a series. You do a series, yeah. No one else can... You know, that's mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do. Yeah. You did a series. Don't diminish it by saying it's a web care, web series. You yeah. do a, I mean, everything's on the web now. So why are you calling it a web series? And to, to, <laughs> I mean, just to, to watching it, you yeah. know, um, I watched the whole series, uh, web series this morning. Mm -hmm. And look, you called it a web series. A web series. I, I wasn't going to, nah, no, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, just, Thinking about those actors and the instruction and the, mm. you know, this goes into the next question, actually, okay. um, you know, with picking locations mm -hmm. and giving this perception to your audience yeah. that, you know what I mean? This is a story you've probably heard, mm -hmm. but you've never heard it been told. So when it comes to locations, yeah, I, I, I feel like with filmmaking, that is a that is a big, a huge part of filming it's how do you come to the decision of the unique locations you pick for your so products? i'm big on learning every aspect of anything that i'm doing right mm -hmm. so like if i'm playing basketball i can i can learn each all five positions like what, what we're supposed to do like i probably can't play center but i know what that center is supposed to do if they call it a play or whatever mm -hmm. you know what i mean yep so I'll know all of these things from sound, lighting, camera, gaffing, uh, production design, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that from starting doing these productions and figuring out what was different and studying different frames and things like that, yeah, the difference was the sets, right? Mm -hmm. and the set design, like even, you know, um, my man, you know, you, you can't remember. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Steven Van Steven, Yeah, Steven. Steven came in. He's like, oh, man, I'm so glad you got all these plants. So, like, I was just pulling plants. Like, if you look at it, it's just they're just kind of yeah, haphazardly placed. For sure. But in the frame, they look like they're in the right spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they're living in their right spot. So, finding these locations for Harley, I was lucky enough that our downtown Old World Third Street kind of resembles Gotham City yeah. in Milwaukee. Like, if you shoot it a certain way, 
has a look and you can get that feel. Um, from there, I would just know what I wanted to see and I would try to find my resources. The best thing about Milwaukee is like when you know some people, you can find resources to do yeah. anything. Like they'll, they'll like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not doing nothing this day. Come in. Y'all can have it for a few hours, you know, mm -hmm. um, no cost. You know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. So finding those locations and then being able to shoot them properly that make them yeah. have a look to it, right? Definitely. You know, studying your angles and, and uh, you know, your, your focal lengths and lighting and things like that. So now that I am, you know, trying to elevate to the next level, like I have a production designer who is, uh, her name's Louis Garcia, another wow. Louis P. Garcia, Killer Creative and Design is our company. And another woman of color. Yep. Amazing. Everything she does, like if you look at Poison Ivy. Yeah. She designed everything that was Poison Ivy. Yeah. I gave her my ideas and now I found a person who, that is her passion. That is her specialized thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like I'm a guy that knows all these things and yeah, I know some production design, but not like her. Yeah. It, you it's, know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. It's finding people with the strengths. The way I started this platform, mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm the face. I do, I do the, the interviews, mm -hmm. but the people behind the scenes, the yeah. one who, who's behind the cameras, the one who's putting the sound together. Absolutely. You know that they're, they're strategic and they're placed in the areas that mm -hmm. they bring out the, the best of, What's to come? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is finding people that specialize in what you need. So I'm a, I love and I'm a big like champion of, no pun intended, I'm a big <laughs> champion of hiring people that are better than me, yeah. right? And when you do that, you learn. Mm -hmm. So I worked for DJI for a bit and I was doing some directing and editing and shooting mm -hmm. and they gave me a budget to launch the first original DJI Osmo, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like trying to figure out what I can do and how I want to do this. And I realized like, okay, there's an opportunity here. I got a budget. I can hire somebody really good and I can just pick up on what they're doing and like yeah. pick their brain. And um, that's the best way to get knowledge from somebody that I found is yeah. to pay them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hire yeah. them, you know what I mean? I, I can't come just like begging for your, your, your knowledge that you pay for and that you've accrued in your experience, mm -hmm. but I can hire you. And now while we're on set, I can say, yo, what you doing with that? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. When did you pick up that skill? Like, what did you do? To, for sure. You know what I mean? But now I'm paying you your full rate, so it doesn't even matter. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. So I went and hired a uh, ASC cinematographer. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows ASC is like top of the line. So I went and hired yep. one of those guys. So here I am, new in California, little director with this ASC cinematographer. Uh, his name was Steve Gaynor. Really cool dude. Uh, we kept in contact for a little while. But he was nice enough to just kind of be giving me knowledge. He never touched the camera. So in my head, I'm like, what you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> you good. He never touched the camera. And I've always, to that point, 
I yeah. shot everything that I did, right? Mm -hmm. And he would, he was just so calm about it. He had a cameraman that came with him. He never once touched the camera. He came in, he was like, yo, put that there, give me that. Told the gaffer, give me that over there. Turn that up right there. And he would be like, champ, come here. And I come over to him. He was like pointing at the monitor. He just sat at the monitor. He was like, look at this. What yeah. do you think about this? What do you like? What don't you like? And that just put me in the mindset like, oh, this guy. Yeah. This is what it is. Like he's literally a director of photography. So mm -hmm. in my head, the director of photography, you need to shoot this. And some do, like obviously, yeah. he probably shoots as well. But that wasn't what he needed to do at that point. He needed to direct the picture, right? Mm -hmm. So it was just like these little things that I didn't get you know, at Madison Media Institute, so I yeah. didn't know. So it's like these little things that you learn by doing. It's incorporating, you know, the client. Yeah. He wants to see your vision. So through that, he exactly. really needs to understand what you see. Yeah, you know? and yeah. it was crazy because I, I'm pretty sure he could tell, like, I was green, so he kept calling me over. He was like, no, 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 look at it. Look, tell mm -hmm. me what you see. Like, what do you want? Do you like that? What's the next shot? So I would tell him, and he's like, okay, so then we're going to go from here to here. And because we did this, we're going to do that, and it's going to make it easier to transition and blah, blah, blah. And so that really helped me, again, like, in growing this, 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 uh, you know, yeah. what is, you know, Brandon Champ Robinson, you know what I mean? Well, you know, talking about that and the way he incorporated with you, you know, when you're filming – um, you're, it's like with the question before about how you approach with actors and um, actors and, and, and crew, like crew members. How do you, especially with actors and actresses, yeah. how do you get them to bring out their, their most compelling performance? I think now I'm really lucky and really spoiled because I am in a ocean of amazing talent, right? Yep. So I just have to find who I think can portray that character, you know what I mean, through auditioning and things like that, right? There's so much talent here mm -hmm. in, in California, and this is this would be talent that you don't know, you've never seen them, but they do the work and they, they're really here for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after I find that person, now it's just about conveying being able to convey what I need them to do on the screen, like what emotion I need them to bring, being able to find out, being able to figure out how each actor or actress is different. Like they yeah. respond to certain things a different way. Like it's like, I'm, I don't want to compare them to children, but like I know that no. <laughs> my oldest son, I have to handle him this way, but my yep. middle son, I can't do the same thing. It's I all in the him. approach, yeah. And then the baby, I can't do anything. She just does whatever the hell she wants <laughs> to do, right? So yeah. like, you got to know that as well. So it's, it's figuring out how to approach and how to make sure that you are prepared enough to deliver that message to them and make sure that they trust you, right? Yeah. When I did my first feature, I had... Um, Again, super green. I had a DP who came on, um, and you know we clashed a lot um, in the beginning. What does DP stand for? Director of photography. Okay, director of yeah, photography. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So we clashed a lot, and I think we clashed a lot because I was brought into it. I was brought into a pro 
I was brought into something that was already moving. Yes. So I wasn't able to choose a DP. I wasn't able to talk to her. I wasn't able to figure out how she worked. She wasn't able to figure out how I worked. Right, yeah. Um, so there would be certain things that I would want, and then she would see it a different way, but we never had yeah that moment to to build a relationship in jail mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i would see something some way and i would want her to do something and then she would be like no i can't because da, 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 and i'm not doing it da, 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 da. and it was wow. weird to me but it, at the same time i was seeing things one way and trying to protect my vision mm -hmm. and she was seeing things another way and trying to protect her vision yeah and we didn't get to that point. I think towards the end of shooting, we kind of got an understanding. You know what I mean? But that is another thing of like. That's a crucial role in, it in the, setting the atmosphere. Well, you set uh, yeah. the atmosphere because, for example, mm -hmm. the director is the director runs the ship, right? We're in mm -hmm. charge of mm -hmm. everything. Okay. Yeah. So, but my main thing when we're on set is I need to make sure my actors are doing what, what I yeah. want them to mm -hmm. do in front of the camera. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I have my DP director, photographer or director of photography or cinema cinematographer, whichever one you call it. Mm -hmm. They normally will be the head of the camera team. Right. So nine times out of 10, when you have a director of photography, that camera team came from her. So that camera team has him or her. That camera team just ain't her because. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that camera team um, has a loyalty to her, mm -hmm. right? So if she is clashing with me, then what do you think the rest of her team is doing? Yep. They, they side. Right? Yeah. They, they pick a side. They side. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I may never hire any of them again, mm -hmm. but that DP. That's her crew, right? Yeah. She moves with them. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I didn't understand that. And I was probably a bit bullheaded in that. And I think she was a bit bullheaded in that. And we clashed. It was both of our it was both of our first. It's the learning experience yeah. in between, you know? It was it's... it was both of our first. And you know, mm -hmm. you know, if she does see this, you know, I, I hope that she has forgiven me. I've forgiven her and I haven't said it, but I do apologize if you know, I made you feel bad about anything, yeah. but um, it's growth, man. It's growth. I didn't. I just didn't know. Like I mm -hmm. was tossed into it. Like I knew what I could do because I'm normally doing everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, man. And when it was time to like give somebody else a role, like I was still trying to control it all the way. Mm -hmm. And I learned, like, no, like you gotta fall back. I learned that I say this is what I want to see, and then boom. Now that's your job to just take that yep. and make it happen. And mm -hmm. I just go over here and now do my other things. But that's trust too, right? Yeah. You know what me. I mean? Like I know that I can send something to Godzilla. I don't have to say anything. I just like, yo, I need this mixed and master. Mm -hmm. I got you. I come back, it's gonna be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about it. It's I a standard. now, like, mm -hmm. yo, I need this light, I need this lit, blah, blah, blah. That's how I want it. And I can walk away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like versus when I was starting, I'm like, I'm in there. I'm like, no, nah, I, I can do it. I can move it. I never understood why people would say, no, you can't. Well, you think you think about it. It's it's your baby. You yeah. know, it's your baby and you want to protect your baby. You also want it to come out a certain way. So you it's this it's this just 
I, I call it OCD. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. OCD. It's definitely OCD, yeah. and it's very uh, counterproductive. Well, man, that you know, I love this insight into the mind of Chant. Yeah, man. It's By the a, way, what inspired the name Chant? Um, it's basically me doing everything. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so it, it was given to me because it was like my my homie, um, my my friend growing up, family cousin. Uh, his name's Will. And yeah. uh, he kind of gave, he's like, oh, you just want to be the champ of everything. Like, you just trying to do everything. And then that was just kind of stuck. It's like, stuck, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where that comes from. Well, you are a champion. Thank you, my man. Guy. I appreciate it. Um, Imagine Nation Upgraded mm-hmm. also has a podcast. It does. It Every uh, now and then. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? You can add on to it. It's still a podcast. Yeah. I love the quality. Thank you. I, I love the guests it. you've had on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, and it's it's more so, and it's an extension of yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, what inspired you to jump into that realm of podcasting? The podcasting came from wanting a need and want to learn, right? Yeah. So these were people who I came across, um, made a connection with, liked what they were doing, and wanted to learn more about what they did or what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I spoke with Tammy Townsend, who is a professional actress, lovely, amazing, beautiful person, um, when I spoke with her, I wanted to know really like I had a question going in like I really didn't understand what pilot season was yeah like I always heard about it but I didn't know what it was and I didn't really have anybody to tell me and I knew that if I didn't know it other people didn't know it so I'm like all right I'll have have her on the podcast and we'll put that out Mm -hmm. and have that information so it was the need to learn and the need to uh inspire and the need to motivate and help uh, other people coming up hear these stories of how certain people got to where they are or certain people are are building something and what are they doing to build that. So yeah. that's where the Imagination Upgraded podcast was born from. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, from podcasting to now let's let's jump into the projects. I, I didn't want you thinking, like, we're not going to cover the no, projects you've cool. been on. No, it's cool. It's cool. I could. But, Talk about whatever. You know, the projects you've done through YouTube till now, mm-hmm. um, short films, films. Yeah. Um, what are what are some of the, the projects that have made your name reputable? Well, this is what's crazy is a lot of people, like sometimes I feel like a lot of people know who I am. They know my reputation, but sometimes it's not it's not loud. Like mm-hmm. what I do is is not really loud all the time, right? Yeah. So like I'm not running around with celebrities all the time. Like I'm mm-hmm. not taking pictures and posting them to Instagram yeah. with celebrities. Like I have a few, but those are if you ever see me post a picture with someone, it's I did a project with them. Like I mm-hmm. actually worked. Like I won't it's it's hard for me to go up to somebody and just be like, yo, take a picture. Then I post it and then it's like, oh yeah, doing this, da, da, da. like no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like when I took the photo with the rock, like I actually worked on a project with the rock that is coming out. I can't wait for it to come out. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it, but <laughs> okay. well, that is the exclusive. Yeah. That's exclusive. It's coming out. Um, 
when I, I worked with, you know, Eddie Murphy did a project with, I don't even think I've posted that picture yet. So you haven't mm-hmm. even seen that one. But well, you, Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey was like like mm-hmm. big uncle at this point. Yeah. Um, Will Smith, mm-hmm. man, met Will Smith and immediately understood why he is Will Smith. Yep. Right? That's right. Like immediately <laughs> comes in the room. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? Speaking of, you know what I'm saying? Like, you did that spot on, by the way. I'm talking about come in the room like that. He's like 6'9. Like, he's bigger than you think he is, yeah. right? No like, wonder Chris Rock didn't slap yeah, that. No, you got chill. He can't. <laughs> oh, man. That's not how I want to remember let my little Smith. But he came in, you know, speaking to everybody, like, gave us, gave us a book. His book had just came out, signed it, took the pictures. We did, um, it was a documentary, so mm-hmm. we just got to hear a lot of his story, and I can't wait for that to come out also. Um, so when I say, like, I just don't think it's it's loud, mm-hmm. people don't really understand what for I sure. do. And I think when they finally see it or they talk to me, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. dang, you do, you're doing a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? So... I think the question was like, what thinks what, my name is? Yeah, what what projects do you feel have uh, really made it noise for you? Yeah, I think it's, so I just really, I got my first thing on Netflix, which was Spy Ops. Spy Ops. Which was really good. Traveled around the U.S. shooting that. Um, I did some things with like, let's say like King Batch and Joe Torrey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just all these people that I do stuff with, but not necessarily even people knowing the project versus people following my story. And I think one thing that makes is uh, one thing that makes people kind to kind of, um, I think one thing that makes people mm-hmm. lean my direction and kind of want to hear what I'm doing. I want to see what I'm doing is because I show when I mess up, like I'll be like, yeah, this was trash. I blew this. I Mm -hmm. messed that up. And like, I'll show that process or I'll show my process of getting to a certain point. Yeah. So it may not be necessarily a specific project that you know me from. You may have started, found me here, but then follow my journey and see that, all these other things that I'm doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because a lot of stuff would be like brand work, like working for a coffee company or mm-hmm. uh, doing stuff with DJI. I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to do stuff with um, Netflix and FX and Amazon, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But there's, there may not be like a specific like, oh, he did that movie with such and such. You yeah. know what I mean? There's like certain things that people find and and see that I'm reputable behind that. And then obviously me share my process of doing that. What have been some of your favorite projects you've worked on? Favorite projects? um, My favorite project would be Spy Apps because I traveled a lot to do that. And that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing the project that's coming out, the documentary where I had the opportunity to shoot the Rock, um, Don Cheadle, uh, Will Smith, um, 
My Eddie boy, Murphy. My boy out here just like nonchalantly just names coming. But I'm no, saying I like, have a, I've, that's yeah. what I mean. Like people yeah. don't don't see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not loud. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's it's something that I'm doing, but it's like I gotta get the work done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So For sure. I'm not I'm not trying to take the picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the picture doesn't the picture doesn't um doesn't do it for me. Like it's a, it's a picture. It's likes. Yeah, yeah. People run up likes. Whatever. It means nothing. The relationship means more to me, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, just for example, and I know this is going to something else, but if, for example, I was just at a, a Grammy party, and I sat and I talked with Tanisha Arnold for an hour. Pam, bro. Oh wow. Pam. Yeah, bro, Pam. Pam. This <laughs> Pam. And at no yeah. at no point in that conversation yeah. did I feel like. I should take a picture, nor did I feel it would be appropriate to even ask for it. I just made a genuine connection yeah. with her and I talked to her for like an hour and like we were just chilling. And you know, at the end, you know, she gave me a hug, you know, I thanked her for what she did for the culture, you know, and I said, hopefully I get to work with you one day. And she was just like, anytime, hit me up. When you're yeah. ready, hit me up. Well, you know, and that that's the thing, like, I don't, I don't try, like, you know, I, I talk to all these different people and, mm-hmm. and, you know, with, with each interview, you know, I'm just trying to keep this consistency, but there are rooms, uh, people I get in the rooms with such as yourself, where I see you guys at such an elite level and it's Appreciate having that. to contain that <laughs> these are just human beings at the same time. You know oh, what I mean? Man. You can't fanboy. Yeah. You cannot <laughs> fanboy. Like, can't fanboy. I'm trying to think, has there been any time that I fanboyed? Like at any time, you know what? I never, I de- I don't freeze up. I didn't fanboy. I did some weird when I met the Rock. Yeah, I just had a weird moment. Yeah, right. Like it wasn't just really come fanboy. We, like it was the yeah. Rock. G. So, we grew up watching yeah, him smack so like went, and it was it was a weird moment because you know we was chopping it up and then I went to take the picture. And uh, <laughs> you know, he's taking the bitch like the rock is a huge guy, Paul's like he's mm-hmm. massive person in real life. For sure. And uh, you know, we getting ready to take the picture, and I went to put the water bottle in my pocket and it was still open. <laughs> so oh. I put an open water bottle in my pocket and I just started laughing. I'm tripping, and then he started laughing. We start joking, like you can see in the uh the mm-hmm. picture, I kind of like was doing like this because I was standing on yeah. my, my tiptoes like, bro, this man is huge. Like, yeah. and, you know, we just had a good joke about that. But yeah, no, I don't really fangirl out or fanboy out. Yeah, I think like the one time I did, I was at a TLC concert. I don't know why. I was like, oh shit, it's TLC. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. How, how's your emotions when you complete a project? You know, from the beginning, from when you yeah. started till now, like, how is that for you? Man, it's an emotional roller coaster doing a project, man, because you go through, there's like a high, right? So I just mm-hmm. finished the script uh, recently. Yeah. I've been doing it. Actually, I've been posting it too. Like, I've, I've been writing for just one hour a day. Like, I committed to yep. write one hour a day. And I, been trying to do it every day but i quickly found out that on the weekends i cannot do it because my daughter does not have it she don't care what's going on yeah it's her time how old is she by the way she's four and the only reason we're doing this is because she's at school right now yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i have to get yeah. here to have this window mine is three oh, okay and so he's about to be four in april and it's you man understand. they need that time right? they need it yeah that's i don't care what's going on so you have this high like i'm on this high right now right mm-hmm. i'm like oh this is dope and you finish it and then you go back and reread it 
And then you can just like, ah, oh, this might be kind of trash. So then you go through, you tweak it, and you figure out what's wrong with it, what's not working, and then you back up, like, oh, yeah, this yep. is it. Yep. It's the one. And then you get into casting, and you find you try to find your cast. you like, yeah, bet. Like, she's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. These actors are dope. You start talking to them. You do uh, rehearsals or whatever you do. You get on set. You have to hide. You're like, hell, yeah, it's working. It's, it, this all looks good. This is amazing. And then you start to run out of time in your day. So now you're frantic. You're like, oh, man, we got to try and get this shot. I can't get this shot. I got to cut it. What you mean? Mm-hmm. I got to cut it. Uh, I need it. Da, 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 da. Yep. And then you're like, oh. So you finally accept that. And you get what you can on a day. And then you get it back into the editing suite. And you're ready to edit it. And you're like, this is trash. <laughs> Everything I did, I spent all this time. And this is all trash. Trash. Like you just watch yeah. it like this is trash. So you get over that and you start to put it together and you like, oh wait, no, nah, this kind of fire. Like, oh okay, no, I see it. it's coming together. Yeah. And then you hit a point in the editing, you're like, it's not working. What happened? What do I gotta do? For sure. I'm trash. <laughs> <laughs> you write back to like, damn, I'm trash. And then you step away, you come back, you look at it, and then it's like idea hit. Yeah. I know what I need to do to fix it. Boom, back up. Now it's just you ain't lying about this roller coaster, it's man. A real world. It's yeah. like that dopamine hit, and you back up, and like you killing, and you just going at it, and then you see you finally get it done. You get it through the color grade. It goes through everything. You just feel really good about it. And then it's time to show it, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's anxiety. Yeah, that's anxiety. Yeah. Now people have to watch it who are not invested in it. Yeah, right. So whenever I do a screening, I can't even really watch or enjoy it as much because I'm watching the crowd. Like I'm looking, like who's reacting? What's their reaction? How do yeah. they react to that? Oh, that was a joke. Did they laugh? Bet they laughed. Good. Okay, perfect. Oh, that joke. They ain't laughing. That one they ain't get it. Yeah. Then I'm like, you know, sometimes like, dang, why they didn't get it? Or, they just don't get it. They that just don't get you it. Know what yeah, I'm yeah. But you got to figure out to just kind of let that go and get through it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For sure. So that's that's the emotional roller coaster of creating something. Yeah. Like you think you're the best, then you think you're the worst, and then you find your balance. You yeah. know what I mean? Man, you know this really comes down to this. What? How, how do you? What do you feel? This? This? career path this set path you chasing your dreams all the way out in LA yeah. uh, has taught you I think it's taught me that obviously consistency is key um a lot of it is that old saying is not what you know is who you who know you know yeah right a lot of it is that amen a lot of jobs I get are 90 percent referrals yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think for me, I finally found the direction of the company, right? Yeah. And where to focus it. And it's been there right in front of me the entire time. And I just wasn't seeing it because yep. I was doing other things because I couldn't say no, I didn't have the no in me yet yeah. to be like, no, I'm going to do this. That doesn't fit what I'm doing. Um, obviously, you have to make money, so you do certain things, but some things have to go away. Like, there's certain things that yeah. people know me for that I won't do anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not anything to do 
with you is just like I have to move it in a different direction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so in that direction, being taking the imagination upgraded and being imagination upgraded studios and like actually delivering yeah. movies, delivering films, delivering projects. Mm -hmm. You know, the goal is to get like a big theatrical release. But if I could take my stories, other people's stories, like I, I brought on a writer now, we're writing a bunch of stuff. I can take those and I can create those. I have all the gear that I need. I have the, mm -hmm. the infrastructure, the team, the crew. Um, just find financing for it. Mm -hmm. um, find ways to fund it uh, independently and get it out there because it, it, it'll start, you know, here and who knows what it can grow to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, this has been one conversation. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope I hope you got some good bites out of there, man. Uh, yeah, got man. Some good stuff. Um, I appreciate you coming out here too. I know it was a no doubt a drive from LA to get out here, hey, but uh, no man. doubt. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it, it kind. This is the question. What's the question? Would it? What advice would you give to our youth in the inner city and all around? Man, I think the first thing especially for Milwaukee, man, like a lot of stuff I see from Milwaukee, like really breaks my heart um, to see it. And I think it comes from a lack of being able to see opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And like my first piece of advice is just to know that there is opportunity out there. It's not as hopeless as you may think. Like your situation could be, you know, bleak right now, but it's not as hopeless as you think. You can definitely find an outlet, whether it, it doesn't even have to be, you know, it, it, it may not be creative. Like you may not be a creative person, but you may find some business, you know what I mean? Like some other career path to go in that can change your situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you might be working in a call center, you know, customer service, but what if you put a little extra towards that? Could you be the director of that call center? Could you be in a higher corporate uh, spot yeah. at AT&T or something? Like, you know, what fo can you put that focus somewhere to climb that ladder? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not a, it's not an overnight thing. It's mm -hmm. a continuous kind of thing that you have to keep going after, man. So I just want to hope that in some way that, me sharing what I'm doing and me showing that, you know, even I be thinking my stuff is trash and I can yeah. keep going and figure it out. Hopefully showing that gives people some kind of hope that they can see like, okay, yeah, we can, we can make something happen. Yeah. We just got to kind of keep pushing. So that's a, the message that I want to give to Milwaukee at least. Yeah. Um, and the, and to just go see things, like go somewhere else because mm -hmm. you get stuck in in what you see all the time and you think that that's all you can have, right? For sure. Like I didn't leave. See past the block. You have to see know? past the block, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because you, if you, don't get me wrong, I love my city, but like you drive around the city, is abandoned buildings everywhere. Yeah. Like just destitute, tore down this, tore down that. Um, you know, just stuff that, if you see that only, you kind of think that that's mm -hmm. all you can do. But like, yeah, it's, take, it's take a, a drive. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to fly anywhere. Get in your car and drive somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, go 
everybody loves Atlanta. Go see what Atlanta's doing. Atlanta's got a big culture. I mean, they got their hoods and all that type of stuff too. Yeah. But like, go. That's the next Hollywood. Black yeah. Hollywood. Go see that. Go to Chicago, Magnificent Mile. Like, you know, whatever. it com- it comes down to that. You aren't your environment. Not your environment. You know. Right? And I, I really, I truly, I truly appreciate that because you know, it's it's. Your your story right now mm-hmm. is, is a blueprint mm-hmm. on what success is. Yeah. It's it's a it's a definition of what success is. Appreciate it. Um, you started from from the bottom, mm-hmm. and now we're here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you know, we still moving. We right? still moving, like, and and it's it's the climb uh, today on the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, it's a quote about a, a wolf. You're not as hungry as the wolf climbing. Mm. As as it is the wolf on the top of the mm-hmm. mountain, you know, mm-hmm. you're hungrier. You're, yeah. you're climbing, and and with that, you know, it's this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and I, seeing your success and all the the great stuff that is coming from uh, y- your company is 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 seriously it's inspiring. Yeah, it's motivating. But you know what's dope about that quote you just said is like. I, I understand that, like, I am mm-hmm. that wolf. Like, yeah. I'm still going, you know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to get, like, when I talk about seeing things, like, yeah. I had never been to California until I moved here. Yeah. Right? So, like, think about what that culture shock is, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go and I do something. I do a bunch of stuff around California. But last year when I had the opportunity to see, to shoot with Eddie Murphy and I went to his house, this man does not live in the same California that I live in. Yeah. Like I had to go through a gate of armed guards and this was a different California. Like yeah, this is not sure. the same, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's still levels and you know, being that wolf, like still trying to climb and I'm coming after whoever I'm coming after. Yep. I know that there's that same behind me, but the different things with me is like, yo, what's up, bro? Like mm-hmm. I can show you some stuff. Yeah, like, you don't gotta bite me in my ass, bro. Like, I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's like, right. I'll show you how to how to do this, mm-hmm. and then we can continue to move. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. man, I appreciate you coming on, man. For sure, the story's bro. inspirational. Um, I I thank you for inviting me into your home. This is, man, I, I'm just looking around. It, it's just like, man, this is, man, this, this is what makes it worth it. To be honest with you, so I listen. I appreciate you coming out, man. Or, listen, man. You know, yeah, you come here. I, I definitely appreciate you coming here, especially like into my home. Like we're really proud to even just have this house because we bought this. Yeah. In like COVID, like it's a beautiful know. home. I'm like, Thank God, you, like, we didn't know, like, but we like didn't know what we were gonna do. But I knew that we it wasn't time for us to leave California. Yeah. So it's like we're gonna buy a house. We're gonna make it. No landlord can kick us out. Yeah. You know, no matter what, nope. yeah. it's gonna take a long time before they can foreclose it, so we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. by us, this house we found, you know, ended up paying a mortgage, which is the same amount as our rent. You know, God, yeah. well, you know, by the grace of God, I didn't have to miss anything. We didn't miss mm-hmm. any payments, or you know, I think I during pandemic I missed one, and I talked to my landlord. He was like, "Man, you all right? Just get it to me when you can." Mm-hmm. And you know, some people had that issue where the landlords never got paid. Like, I did everything I could to make sure yeah. we were straight. And then we bought this house. So, I just, it's just that persistence, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is some planet 
from planted roots, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like my my family, my kids, they always gonna be straight with this house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if we leave this house, I don't wanna I don't wanna sell it. Yeah. Because I'll rent it out to somebody. Keep it in, I, yeah. Just gotta keep it. So yeah, man. Revenue. Well, again, I thank you for coming on. And you know, sure. with that, that's another wrap. Hey, Spearhead man. out. Appreciate it, y'all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>